All right, team, let's get pre-market prep started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Hello, traders and investors. Let me get the chart up here for you right now. We are looking at the June contract, folks. Uh, March will be going off the board on Friday. That's what we need. We need a little bit more volatility with the quad witch coming up. So ESM23, depending on your platform at ES and many platforms. But I'm going to be talking the June contract now and it's basically flat at that closing price, just a couple ticks above or at 97.50. Uh, believe it or not, the overnight range is just about the same range that we had on Friday during the interday session. So we'll see. Right now, much closer to the low than the high. We have the buck down 32 cents at 103.82. The bonds up again. What a move in the bond market. Up just over two points at 131.12. Crude taking a hit now, down 292 at 73.78. Flight to quality with gold up 2580 at 18.93. Silver back in the 21 handle, up 67 cents at 21.17. And uh, Bitcoin uh, up $2,145 at 22000 100. So we got a lot to cover today. Obviously, uh, we are in a very un unusual situation here with our banking system. Let's bring in uh, Triple D and Money Mitch. And uh, Dennis, uh, been around been on this rodeo before here. Yeah. Uh, what's different? Yeah, no, it feels like the financial crisis, like from a trading perspective in the banks, it feels like a financial crisis. And I think it is going to be a financial crisis for some of these regional banks here. I mean, what has transpired over the weekend is nothing short of incredible. And there is an exodus happening here right now, which we were talking about even on Twitter last night. And I kind of felt the same thing. I'm like, investors are going to flee the regional banks after this move. So Mitch, let's catch the audience up what exactly has happened last night and over the weekend here, because a lot of news, a lot of important market moving news has transpired. All right, let's get into that. SVB was closed by California's Department of Financial Protection after it struggled to raise additional capitals and concerns of cash burn and liquidity the FDIC took control of the bank via a new entity called the Deposit Insurance National Bank of Santa Clara. And then Sunday, also regulators also shuttered Signature Bank in New York, which had been popular amongst cryptocurrency companies similar to SVB. On Sunday evening, they also backstopped all depositors in the failed Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And now this morning, of course, we're seeing multiple banks down big. Uh, the Federal Reserve did also say it's creating a new bank term funding program aimed at safeguarding institutions affected by the market's instability of SVP's failure. 
Um, and obviously, you know, it's the big thing here is the signature bank here. So SBNY, mm -hmm. this is the news that kind of came a little out of the blue, not completely out of the blue. We knew SBNY had troubles, but to come in and basically FDIC moving in and seizing the assets. Can you just come into a little more detail there, Mitch, on SBNY? Yeah, so um, pretty much they stepped in there. Uh, depositors were getting concerned about that. So the FDIC just stepped in and took the bank there. And I think the, the really concern is, is that these had cryptocurrency exposures, right? And then I think that that also might have played into it here um, mm -hmm. with different exposures into cryptocurrencies that also shot uh, cryptocurrency higher. I don't know if you guys noticed that one, but definitely you're seeing on it. Yeah. Yeah. And different action actually happened there um, with uh, the USDC coin. I don't know if you guys caught that, but with Circle, it was said that 3.3 billion was now held um, from SVP was fully available on Monday when US banks opened. So it looks like that's an actually cryptocurrency flying higher. Now, is that just a spike? And then it could easily come right back down. I think that could definitely happen there. There's a lot of concerns also where the exposures of these banks lie. I know that you guys saw the biotechs. You guys were talking about it on closing print on Friday that the biotechs were getting destroyed. Will this continue to come in on different companies? We saw Schwab get hit. Where's the exposures? I, I, I think, think that's our question know. that we need to ask. I think, I think the biggest question is we just have we just don't know. Yeah. There's so many unknowns here. And the one thing that I feel like, you know, my initial thoughts here, especially with the whole SBNY, let's ignore the S, you know, the, let's ignore the SIVB for a minute here and just talk SBNY because this is my concern. And again, SBNY was in trouble, but my concern as an investor, I get why they did it. And maybe they had no other choice because they don't want the fallout. They want to show that we're coming in, especially with, you know, SIVB. I get why the government has stepped in here. I understand it to protect the depositors, to protect people, to make them more comfortable that your money is safe and the U.S. government's got your back, that the FDIC's got your back. The problem is that was at the expense of the shareholders and the bondholders. So what you're seeing happen this morning, which is somewhat predictable, is that everybody who owns a regional bank is like, get me out now. And if you look at the KRE here this morning, it is down seven more percent. If you look at FRC here this morning, which nothing has been done on FRC yet, is down another 65%. You wanna look at Comerica, CMA, huge bank, down 20% here this morning. We have basically regional banks collapsing multiples now because investors are scared that, hey, FDIC might just come in tomorrow, seize the bank, and I'm out. I have no money, you know, if I'm invested in there. So you're seeing capital fleeing these stocks. Now, maybe this stops the bank runs, but it is causing capital to flee out of the sector. And I don't know what turns that around because on SBNY, you literally just buried the shareholders and the bondholders to protect the depositors. And I get it. I get why they did it. But this is... What is the result? This is going to be that capital is going to flee the regional banks. And it's starting to flee the majors here, too. I mean, Citigroup is having a rough day. Bank All of them are. JP Morgan, even JP Morgan. Bank bury shareholders like that just out of the blue. The government comes in and just buries shareholders. 
out of not completely out of the blue like you knew there was a little bit of trouble there but to come in to seize the assets because obviously fear of a bank run is is a difficult thing to do this bank was not yet insolvent maybe it was going that way but i don't think it was there yet and they came in and took the company and took it over i'm scared i don't know what the repercussions here are so you know the fallout from this the fallout the obvious fallout is there's going to be pressure in the regional banks which we've seen Mm -hmm. but where does it go from there i don't know does this actually stop bank runs is the confidence you know there that people aren't going to go and take out their money i mean some people might be pretty nervous if they were banking at first republic still here i'm seeing the stock down 65 percent i mean that's going to make some people nervous even though you know we think that you know the government's going to come in and back up the depositors it's going to make some people nervous it's making investors very nervous because we know that the government isn't coming out and bearing out shareholders so shareholders are selling first and ask questions later and this is across the board so KRE again now down 7.6 percent we've got a financial crisis here happening in the regional banks yeah uh darwin pops in here when would you go long on the regional banks well uh, number one they got to stop going down okay and number two and i i did some research you know look, looking around and some of there's a local michigan bank here that have up huntington bank shares sure. i mean you got to know what's in their loan portfolio I mean, and, and at this point, even if a, a bank like Huntington, I think when I looked at it, has a you know could have a pretty good you know conservative loan loan portfolio, that doesn't negate you know people going to the bank and wanting to take their money out. I mean, you you can do all the analysis you want, but now it's a situation. I mean, you know. Are people lining up at banks right now to, you know, to get their money out? Um, well, this, and the point was, Joel, for them to come in on SBNY and obviously back up SIVB was to say, hey, you don't have to go run and get your money. The government's got your back. They were trying to give a vote of confidence to the depositors, but yeah. they gave that vote of confidence to the de- depositors at the expense of the shareholders. Yep. And, and that is why you're yep. seeing, you know, such, you know, so now does it snowball back? Because you've got, you know, these banks, you know, and if you're in a depositor there, you're probably still nervous because there's just the, the stock prices are falling. So if you're paying attention, you're like, I'd be nervous if I had my money in FRC. I'd be nervous. I mean, yeah. I think the government's going to have my back, but I don't know that with certainty. And I see the stock falling. I was like, well, it looks like there's problems here. So it's there's so many unknowns here. And that's when we don't come back to I said it last week. The reason I was raising cash and the reason you know, I'm trading it obviously from a conservative perspective is there's so many unquantifiable risks at this point in time. I, as a professional trader, am a risk manager. I assess, estimate the risk, and put my trading capital in places where I feel like the risk reward ratio is acceptable or favorable to me. In the regional banks, it's off. Like, I mean, I can't just come in and say, yeah, FRC is a deal no of 28 bucks. Because it could be zero this afternoon with what happened with SBNY. So we don't know. So I'm like, and this is why investors are fleeing. So I'm out. I can't even, you know, you can do some hedging. You can do, but even if you're pair trading these things, how do you know which one's going to be, you know, get bailed out, which one's not? I mean, it's hard to even trade these things from a relationship perspective here right now. So all I can say, it was somewhat predictable, or not even somewhat, it was very predictable that the banks, regional banks would be down significantly here today. This rally is gone. This rally in the overall market that we had last night, which I was, you know, tweeting out oh, skeptical geez. on it, but but also, Joel, I talked with you. I was like, I don't think it lasts. I think 
you when you just when you just you know basically destroy the shareholders just out of the blue like that on a bank it has repercussions again the depositors are maybe happy about this and maybe and they probably should be and maybe they needed to do this maybe it absolutely needed to happen but shareholders are selling first and asking questions later here I, I think we need to start asking ourselves, is this going to be more of a bank run or a bank panic? Because I think at this point, it could be more considered even a what they call a bank panic, right? What is a bank panic? It's when multiple banks suffer runs at the same time as depositors make a run for the banks at the same time. Do you feel that that's what's going to happen today, Dennis? People, everyone's just going to come running for their money? I, I don't know. I don't know if the depositors are going to come running. I'm not trying to predict bank runs, and we don't want to spook people yeah, and scare I people do, and start problems here. We're not about that on this show. We're just yeah, outlining. No, it's, We're trading. It's, it's, a, it's, it's actually a concern. Talking about I'm it, thinking CBC. about it, right? I'm thinking they're, about it right now. I'm thinking about maybe taking my money out of Ally. We all are. Um, I mean, we're all know? somewhat seeing stuff that we haven't seen since 2008. I mean, I haven't seen bank moves like this since 2008, where they go down 30 40 60% in a day. This is very scary stuff here. The one thing I can say is the Fed has got to be looking at this and saying, holy cow, yeah, what, have about, yeah, what have exactly. we done? What have we done? So let's, now, let's talk this, about this, the this Fed. comes from the Fed. This yeah, comes so, from raising interest rates. I mean, the whole SIVB, they got the bad mortgage book because they raised the rates too fast. I mean, the Fed's got to look at this. And like, obviously, everybody still thinks they're going 25. Yeah. I don't even know if the CPI yeah. data matters. I don't think if the banks keep falling like this, they're not going to raise rates at all. They're probably getting close to done if they're not done already. So that's good for some companies. I mean, some tech stocks maybe eventually, you know, could rally on this, but there's so many unknowns. As you get banks going down, like we can even see, you know, the repercussions, you know, Roku, you know, over the weekend saying they have $500 million with SIVB. Now, again, Fed coming in and saying, yeah, we're going to guarantee those depositors. So that's good news. But all these companies have monies in, in banks. I mean, in a lot of these banks, you start to have problems in your banking system. You have problems everywhere. So we need to, the Fed needs to fix these problems somehow very quickly before they do continue to spread. Because this can be a contagion in a hurry here. And I think you've just got to look and really analyze as a trader. You've really got to analyze the risk here. And the risk is very unquantifiable. So I think you got to be very careful with just saying, I'm going to make all this money and I'm buying FRC at $29 here right now. I mean, somebody said that at 81 on Friday and they're like, oh my gosh, I just lost 65% of my money. So you got to be very cautious with just throwing, you know, and saying, yeah, you know, the government's going to bail these out. I'm going to come in. I'm going to make a lot of money. You might, but the risk here. Is yeah, the risk reward is justified. Well, one thing that uh, you know we've discussed too is what you know the raising of rates was definitely something that was needed, right, with the inflation. But the pace that the rates went up so fast, it just went up so fast. So, so fast, and bro. you know, I'm not saying like a, a you know like the term Fed pivot is like so exaggerated. What the Fed needs to do now is stabilize rates. You know, I, I'm not, you know, they got some ammo to take it down. Obviously, they're in the pinch, you know, the CPI data. It's not going to make a big difference, but there has to be some kind of stabilization. And, you know, is that going to be at, at four? Is that going to be at, you know, three and a half? For, there's no way that they can continue this pace to have the volatility in the rates and have the banks keep up. Well, the majority of the banks keep up with it. I mean, it's uh, it's if, just we need calm. We 
We need calm. Yeah, we joked about it, and I think that I think that's why they're done. I don't think they're going higher, but we joked about it last week and saying, you know, like emergency rate cut. I mean, if you start seeing banks collapsing all over the place here, not saying that's going to happen. I sure hope it doesn't for the better part of everyone. But if you start seeing that happen, they will put emergency rate cuts out. I'm not joking. There's there's probably a couple people saying, what have we done? You know, and I'm saying, what has the Fed done? This is caused by the Fed raising rates too quickly. That is pretty much the cause of this. Yes, it was is bad. It? You know, we didn't they didn't cause SIVB to go buy a bunch of you know bad mortgages at 1.63%. But yeah, it's mismanagement also from the there's top. There's mismanagement though, right? all over the place here. But the root yeah. of all the problems here is still the rights going up too quickly. We kept thinking it was going to hit the consumer. And in the end, maybe it was hitting the banks a little bit, you know, harder because they can't, you know, in the long run, they'd be fine. But, you know, the problem is when you get a bank run, there is no long run. So um, it's very, very difficult, very, very difficult for me to even wrap my head around what's happening and i'm going to say here today that nobody knows what's going to happen next so we keep saying nobody knows anything this is absolutely the case here we don't know what's going to happen next we don't know if there's going to be bank runs we don't know but we do know that investors are fleeing regional banks right now kre is now down seven still seven and a half percent wow it's unbelievable it's tough i mean it's tough to do you know, we'd like to do our, you know, our fundamental analysis here. And we're talking about, the, you know, the situation and like, you know, technicals here. I mean, you kind of just got to go out the door. I mean, oh, you yeah, have, technicals don't matter. yeah, there's no chart here. Right now. There's no chart here that mm-hmm. is going to, uh, you know, is going to help you. I mean, if you, I don't know how many people play from the short side, we don't, I know we don't have that, you know, that many, um, where to cover shorts is one thing. There's obviously going to be uh, going to be rips in these. You know, there's going to be rips, and you know, obviously the rips are going to were sold as they were as they were last night. Uh, one thing I thought about, you know, over the weekend, and you know, I, like Friday's low. You know, that was just a sitting duck. Uh, we took that out at uh, thirty eight eighty one, and the charts aren't looking pretty. You know. I can say can't talk about tentacles, but there's not much in here to 3,800 and who knows what's beyond that. I, I think the way the market started off the year in January, just really, you know, that that rally on not good earnings, right? Re, you know, ri, rising inflation. I think that it's just co- contributing. I mean, I think people had a perception that, you know, okay, well, you know, the January, so goes January, so goes the market. And, uh, this is just a really big curveball. All that stuff, throw that out the window for now. None of that matters. We're in a completely different environment. What matters is whether we get bank runs or not. That is pretty much the bottom line here. Are investors going to be confident enough, depositors, not investors, depositors, mm-hmm. confident enough to leave their money in their banks because they saw that the, you know the government has their back in the SIVB situation and the, and the SBNY situation. And that is what the government is hoping they are accomplishing here at the expense of shareholders. They knew this was at the expense of shareholders. So it's a predictable reaction in the KRE. It's a predictable reaction in some of these regional banks. It's a question of now confidence in the banking system. Are you confident to leave your money in that First Republic Bank here right now this morning? Hopefully they've done enough to do that. Hopefully we don't get these bank runs. Hopefully they don't have to buy a whole bunch of banks this week. I'm very worried though that Um, that might not be the case. 
I'm wondering what happens in the tech industry with the crypto sector. Of course, Coinbase actually had about 240 million balance in Signature Bank as of Friday. Paxo Global had about 250 million there also. So we need to kind of keep an eye out on how this could affect uh, different tech companies that might have had exposure to these banks. Coin already down in the pre-market. Do you think it could go down even lower? Off oh, of this is side. I Coinbase, whatever. I mean, Coinbase is you know, crypto is a complete sideshow here. Bitcoin's actually trading up on this. I mean, th this again, Mitch. We take it's just it back. a trade, though. The I whole, think it's but stop. The, the whole rational. I don't agree with it because they came in to make you more confident. So. You know, just because Coinbase was investing in Signature Bank, I mean, that's a good thing what they did for, you know, that should be bullish for Coinbase because they're not letting that, you know, go. Yeah, they're not letting it just go down with the flames and people don't know if their deposits are safe. They're saying they are safe. So, I mean, that's actually bullish for Coinbase, but I'm not coming in here and buying Coinbase in an environment where I'm looking at banks falling left, right and center. It's not none of this. It's not even about trading today, folks. It's not about don't approach this market. I don't think you approach this market thinking about how much money I'm going to make. I think you've got to approach this market very cautiously here. I think caution is the key. Don't get murdered on these days. Don't, you know, like just jumping in and like buying FRC at $81 on Friday thinking this is coming back. I'm going to make all my money. I mean, you've got to be very cautious here. Coinbase is not the kind of stock I want to trade. In that thing, that thing's already volatile. Enough. But let, let's uh, let's try and flip the spades. We got a you know Nate, you know obviously the negativity, which is you know more than warranted. But um, and Dennis, we discussed this last night, and Christopher Marin brings it up. You know, bank failures could be deflationary, right? I mean, all this money evaporating could have a deflate. You know, it's going to. Unfortunately, this is not the way we wanted to combat combat inflation and bring in deflation. But uh, I mean, the two percent target that they were talking about—I've always thought that that was out the window to get inflation down too. I think. I mean, is there is it too optimistic to think that you know, in the long run, you know, forcing the you know the Fed stance here that this could ha actually have if we could have a deflationary effect without ruining the banks, then you could you could be setting up a a pretty bullish scenario. I'm not not willing to go that far yet, but I I I can. So there's two scenarios. One, if we don't get bank runs. If we don't, and it's a big if right now, if we don't get any more bank runs, I mean, this actually is all bullish to a certain extent. If you can take the bank runs off the table, yep. because this is causing the Fed to pivot much sooner, if not immediately. So, I mean, this is, you know, caused, you know, right now, inflation, they're not even worrying about inflation at this point in time. Yes, they're thinking about it, but it is definitely not the top priority of Fed here right now. There's a whole new can of worms. And they're going to have to pause the fight on inflation to make sure that the banking system is sound. So some tech stocks are applauding that here this morning. Like we have the tech stocks trading higher here. And you know what? If you've got tech stocks with the no debt sitting, I mean, maybe, you know, there is a play here. Like those ones, you know, again, though, things are changing so rapidly here. I'm scared to just come in. I'm more comfortable right now, my long-term portfolio with a lot of cash. Then coming in saying, let's go buy Meta because you know it's up two bucks here. And this is good news. If they're going to pivot sooner, all these tech stocks are going to go higher.
But we don't know if it moves into bank runs and all of a sudden, you know, they start bailing out these banks, these banks, these banks, and then they're like underfunded and then we don't know what we're doing. It opens a whole different can of worms. So there's so many unknowns that spills that theory over that if I was buy, if you were going to make me buy something, it would be tech stocks today. If you were going to make me buy something, but I don't have to buy anything. I have the luxury of being able to stay in cash. I'm trying to trade a little bit here, but I'm trading very cautiously because I know how this works. And again, you can make a lot of money right now. But you can lose you can a lot. Lose more. Yeah. Speaking of tech stocks, I mean, Apple's trading up 25 cents in this scenario. Microsoft trading up a buck ninety-one. Yeah. Google's in the green. Pivot coming sooner. I think that's what the market is saying. The pivot could potentially come sooner than we Man. thought. Why don't we check uh well ARKK? That's uh I mean what about your tool, Mitch? Can you bring up your Fed tool? Yeah, I was I brought it up a little earlier when you were Sorry. speaking there. Sorry, yeah, um, I, I was talking, not looking at it. So fifty is pretty much gone. So fifty oh, is gone. Yeah. Fifty yeah. is gone. It's off the gone table completely. Yeah, we went from like we went from like eighty to like forty, and then now we're at zero. Um, I, I love I love the way these change so quickly. Yeah, right? so fast. But yeah. <laughs> um, now it's looking like the current one is only twelve point two percent. I think this is what we watched today. Does this change to eighty percent? That's what I think is, Mike could happen. These two numbers could flip, where it's not yeah. twenty-five basis points. So they're points, saying eighty-seven percent still chance of um, twenty-five basis point. Yeah, Ooh. I think that's going to come down. I mean, again, if we turn around, the market starts rallying significantly, and the and the and the you know some of these bank stocks turn around, and we don't have any bank runs, this can all turn around very quickly. But we don't know that, and nobody knows if there's going to be the bank runs, and that's why I just think you got to trade cautiously here. Scary stuff. This is scary stuff. I'm scared too. Like this is unknown risk. It's already it's already changing. It's already changing. Where is it now? Oh, you just refreshed. Is it up to 65? 65. Can we short that? that? You mean since this morning? Yeah, since literally since seven o's. Like seven. Look at that. Seven o's. Well, eight o seven. I said on eight o seven to eight sixteen. I think it's a zero. I don't think they're gonna raise. I I I think they'll still raise. I don't think they're gonna raise. And it, I mean, one thing though, you you mentioned it. If the bank run thing doesn't happen, like for any reason, this is just what happens. Just it's, only it's, these maybe two this banks is as bad down. as it gets. Yeah, this, this is just like capitulation this morning. Situation is done yeah, today. It's possible. The banks are not going down as much today, and things start turning around. Does the Fed just go back to inflation? The Fed is going to do nothing. They got to. They they can't take rates up. That's they, what I'm and I mean, they're not. I mean, if they if they they're not going to cover it, they just they just got to just do nothing and, and yeah, see what would happen. Uh, and, I'm I, and, see. I'm, and I'm going to stick with. I mean, we have we've had periods of artificially high rates. We had just too long of a period of artificially low rates. Um, there just has to be some kind of uh, some kind of stability. And that's that's funny that uh, or not funny, but yeah, the way that's dropping. Um, and the TLT. So we'll, and we'll see what. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, CPI tomorrow. I mean, everything is taking is is taking a back seat. To you ready to laugh? What? Jason, we got yeah. more. We got more. <laughs> no, I went to seventy three. Now it's going up a what little bit. <laughs> so what's interesting here and it's great moving point, all around. You know, we man. watch the TLT very closely on this. On on this channel, obviously, we're big yep. fans of the TLT. Yeah, the bonds, try to get a yeah, feel. The bonds are going up. The bonds are saying the Fed's done. The yeah, bonds, the bonds are saying right it. now the Fed is done, and that's why the TLT is ripping higher. This is good news for government bonds. I mean, wow. again, 
corporates here, if we're going into a financial crisis or whatever, it's a little bit scary to go for load up in corporate bonds. But if you were looking to get your 5% and lock it in right now, you better be locking it in pretty soon because these rates, I know Joel's saying they might just stay here and that might be the yeah. case, but they also might go lower. I think you're starting to lean that. That's interesting. This, this, there's so many unknowns. If you're a Fed, you're, I'm thinking they're, I'm thinking they're either one and done, the 25 and done, or they're just done. And the bonds are applauding this. So there is two tail of two markets here now. Equity markets getting hit because the regional banks are all down significantly, and then the bonds. So, but again, tech stocks here are trading higher. There are pockets of strength here. So it's very interesting this morning. I will say, yeah. Let's let's look at the bond. Let's look at this bond chart, the thirty-year bond chart. Or if you want to look at, I like to look at this because the TLT doesn't trade, uh, you know, uh, around the clock here. But uh, I mean, you know, you you saw what happened in uh, you know October right there. That was the uh, you had the bottom there. We got nowhere on this decline here. Uh, we got you know we came within a couple ticks of or a couple points of it and the well, no, like three points and now you're having the strong move here what uh, the onus is on the i mean who knows how this is a huge move up but i mean you know the i'm looking at the 134 level and i don't know where that equates to on you know all the other measurements but you know 134 is where this bond uh you know uh topped out uh last month and then that was the same area before just under 134 so you got some room there the problem is is that it, it, the market takes a little time to shake out and bottom after the bonds bottom and you know that's what we saw before i mean the bonds were going up all of november right had a little hiccup in december finally found a base but uh I mean that if you want to look for something encouraging, you know, it's uh let's hope the bomb our crude is absolutely getting one, lit up like a one, yeah, one thing yep, to consider yep. too recession. You asked, Mitch, you were asking earlier about fallout and stuff like that. You've got to be somewhat careful with just loading up companies with a lot of debt. Okay. Um, I think you're gonna be okay, but I don't know for certain and nobody knows anything for certain. But what happened in the financial crisis was companies that were burdened with a lot of debt really got hammered harder because the unknowns and you can say oh well interest rates are going to stop going up so it's been good for companies without debt but yes if banks start start going down it adds a whole can of worms it's nice to be able to sail your own ship here like you know an apple that has a pile of money yes they have some debt but i mean you start thinking about debt-free companies those will hold up better than companies that are just loaded with debt the oil stocks are all loaded with debt they're financed for all these banks and there's probably concerns that oh this is you know they bank over here they bank over here the fallout from all that you know even you know we were talking like with roku having you know a lot of its cash but not even about cash just about even having a lot of debt you just have to be a little bit careful with loading up companies that have a lot of debt here that's just you know and again everything might change tomorrow maybe we're talking something completely different maybe yeah. no there is no bank runs confidence starts coming back in we don't know the next thing but i know in this environment sometimes companies with a lot of debt can actually get hit harder so yeah, is crude more of a recession concern uh coming in also it's, it's, it's a lot of concerns here so i think it's probably just i think it's honestly a concern wow to try to like you know derive how crude is going to be impacted by regional banks falling left right and center is really really tough full disclosure i mean, I, I went short valero uh on friday because I, I feel like the xle is really starting to break yeah i think you just have capital fleeing a lot of different stuff here right now and people are more inclined to take gains than take losses 
So people will look at what is still holding up pretty well. What do I have gains in and sell it? And that's a little bit of, you know, could be a victim of that too. And yeah, you can say, oh, but crude's really been killed this year. Or yeah, but, you know, overall in the last two years, it's been the place where there's the most gains. So if you're looking to raise cash, people typically raise it from what they are up in as opposed to what they are down in. So people are nervous and raising cash. It doesn't surprise me that some of the big winners from last year are seeing some profit taking here this morning. Uh, Easy Mike's mentioning, you know, the crude and the backgradation. This entire time that they've had this rally that, that, that's been, and that, that's the, you know, the longer term traders have been telling you the prices weren't sustainable when the crude went to whatever, even the front month contracts are, are uh, reflecting that. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, that's, that's one thing. This is a big, big move in uh, the crude oil. Uh, the lowest we've been since topping out over a hundred. Uh, if you're looking for a potential area of support, uh, two lows in the same area, 70.63 and 70.80. That's basis the April contract. So uh, keep an eye on that if you are a crew trader. But this has been the area where supposedly they're supposed to be uh, uh, um, uh, lining up the uh, strict deal to refill the uh, replenish the strategic uh or preserves so yeah they, I, they want that to go down to 50 man then they yeah, can load up all I, they want i think i think 50 or 60 bucks is not out of the question for crude i've been saying yeah. that i mean that's the you have, Joe. You artificially have. low you know whatever don't even talk about negative when it went negative that was just a one you know one day implosion that i mean if you think about 10 bucks and you think about 120 bucks you know kind of what's in the middle you know 55 60 65 so crew coming down is uh is you know it's it's good for the inflation picture uh the problem is is that uh, a lot of the commodities a lot of the softs are still uh very strong and that that's not helping and also wages um mm, i don't know i don't know what about wages the gold trade what about the gold trade? Oh, and that's on. That's defense. You're, you're going to go into the classic defense <laughs> the here The classic right now. gold trade. Classic defense. You got a financial crisis. We're buying gold. <laughs> I mean, hard assets, right? So, I mean, that's – and again – You're seeing it up this morning. That's yeah, sure. you're seeing gold up in the GDX. You're seeing that trade off. This is typical when you start to get into a situation where people are getting concerned about their cash in their bank. People are like, give me gold. So – I mean, it's not surprising that gold would be up here today. Again, uh, all of this is going to change rapidly. The information yeah. is going to change very, very, very rapidly here. So you can't just come and stick to your guns and this is my theory and I'm going to stick to it. You've got to be adjusting for new market information. Somebody just you know, asked a question in the chat. Are you know, fundamentals becoming more important than technicals? I would argue they've always been more important than technicals. But right now, absolutely. I mean, you can't be just looking at your stock chart and saying, oh, I like this. I mean, you could have analyzed FRC stock chart all you wanted at 120. Yeah. I mean, nobody had this thing going to 30 bucks. That's all based on the fundamentals, nothing on the technicals. Like people are technically analysts say, well, it was breaking down, so it was going to do that. No, it wasn't going to do that. It's all based on potential bank run. So, yeah, fundamentals trumping technicals all day here right now. As we leak lower, it looks like uh, we're leaking right here. Starting yeah, to leak a little bit. Uh, yeah, we took out we took out uh, we took out Friday's Ooh. low and uh, not much in there for daily lows. But you know, things happen a lot too when uh, you know in nine thirty. Um, 
happening when the liquidity comes in or more liquidity. But uh, right now, uh, preponderance of sellers here in the pre-market. We got uh, we got Tim in the background here because I, I want to see what uh, some of the market structure looks like in some of these banks. You know it. Let's take the charts down. Let's start it up. I know he's ready bright and early. Let's get it started. It's Market Structure Mondays. What's up, Tim? Hey, happy Monday, guys. Or is it? It might not be. Nah, nah, it might not I, be the happy uh, Monday. Maybe just, but... uh, just say hello. Yeah. <laughs> just say hello. <laughs> just to say hello, See ya. you know? Tim, Tim, Tim. It kind of just feels like the financial crisis. You traded these markets back then. I mean... It obviously isn't spread to everything here, but in these regional banks, I'm looking at FRC down 62% here right now. You know, I'm looking, you know, at Comerica Bank down 19% here this morning. I mean, even the majors getting hit here this morning. Bank America's trading down almost 5% here. I mean, this feels kind of like back days during 2008 when we were worried about the banking system here. How did this happen so suddenly? And what does the market structure say about all of this now? <laughs> well, big questions I, you know, to start. It, it is, it re, you know, it reminds me of a of a a line by the character Mike from Ernest Hemingway's book *The Sun Also Rises*, and it, and the character they're sitting in a bar, as is always the case in a in a Hemingway book, uh, and he says, uh, "How does a man go broke? Two ways: slowly, then suddenly." And it's, I mean, it's a fitting, it's a fitting line because it, the, what, what causes things to all of a sudden fall apart is the culmination of much of what preceded it. I mean, you, you, you ask him, it's an enormous question. All right. First of all, so, so are we in the middle of a financial crisis? Not yet. Uh, the, the way that this happened is pretty, I, I mean, it's a fairly simple thing. If you, if you're, and of course, so much has been written about this. So I will just put this in very simple terms. If interest rates are depressed for a very long time and uh, banks loan out money, Silicon Valley Bank loans out money. By the way, it's not Silicon, just like it's not Oregon. I grew up in Oregon <laughs> and I lived for 17 years in California. I've spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley. Uh, I, this is, you know, I've, I've known. Megan, I'll leave off her last name for 15 years, who's the, who's the head of investor relations at Silicon Valley Bank. Know the, uh, uh, she's a you know, force in our profession. So this is a personal matter. You know, this is a sudden destruction of somebody's career job. She'll be yeah. fine, but it's, a, it's a, dr a dramatic thing. But if you're lending out money at 3% and you need to pay 5% to keep your deposits because that's where oh interest God. rates have gone, yeah. you're upside down financially. And the moment that confidence breaks down, you're in trouble. And every that's a 40-year-old bank. It was started in 1983. I've, you know, I've been aware of Silicon Valley Bank my entire adult life. It was one of the first things uh, that, that I recognized as a core component to the, the uh, financial ecosystem of Silicon Valley. Uh, so it, it's a reminder that things are tenuous and, and failure is a, is a part of, an, of the natural order. And my bigger concern here is that, that we don't 
fall all over ourselves to prevent it. You know, we've got, I, the, I look, I feel bad for folks. Yeah. Uh, just, but just too. keep in mind that these, you know, this is, these are the richest folks on the planet who are providing the money behind Silicon Valley Bank and, the, and its depositors. I don't want anybody to fail. Uh, but I think we have to be very careful about uh, making everything uh, a government backstop because we, if it is, then we don't have any failure at all. And failure is necessary. If you don't have failure in, if you don't thin the herd, the whole herd expires. And, uh, and we're on a, we're walking a rail here in how we approach these things. Safe, safe to say, Tim, that maybe we are setting a very dangerous precedent here. 100%. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite possibly. Uh, the government cannot prevent failure it can only absorb it and, and and there's a great way to 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 see this and everybody can do this you can go look at the the federal reserves uh excess reserves in 2007 they were seven billion dollars that is the money that was parked at the federal reserve that banks didn't have other things to do with you, know, you have to keep a certain amount of reserves the banking system in the united states is very very heavily regulated uh, stipulating that you're in Canada, Dennis. The, yeah. the, the, the U.S. banking system is heavily regulated. Silicon Valley Bank had regulators, had oversight. Uh, but today, the reserves at the, at the uh, federal, federal Reserve, the excess monies that uh, banks don't have a better purpose for are still $3 trillion. And, and and then there's an additional $2.6 trillion that the, the Fed has out in what are called reverse repurchase agreements. So we are awash in money. That is the principal problem. The problem here that has created a, a, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank goes all the way back to incorrectly valuing money. When you turn money into a commodity, people get very comfortable. They... They are unaware that they should uh, bear some responsibility for the risks in the system. Uh, money floods everywhere. We, we get confused about scarcity and choice because there's no scarcity. And then something fails and we think we have to save it. And what will ultimately be at risk if we're not careful here is the United States balance sheet. And we should be very aware that the United States balance sheet cannot absorb everybody's failure. Uh, I'm, we're not talking about market structure here, I realize. But, but I, by the way, I had many conversations with the head of IR at Silicon Valley Bank about market structure uh, and, and uh, how the market works. All right, let's start taking a look at was the writing on the wall before this happened, Tim, right? I mean, this yeah. is another brick in that wall, but let's talk a little bit. Was the writing on the wall before this happened? Well, and look, I, can anybody say rightly, could anything have prevented this risk? I've, I've still got exposure to the market. It's my, you know, I've got positions yeah. that are down yeah. uh, because I, I certainly did not see this coming. The, but the data did give us clues. They were there. Uh, I looked at them. I did not appreciate them. Uh, I'll show you two things, and and it is the nice thing about being aware of market structure, folks, because even though I overlooked this, the data didn't. It was it was there to be seen in the particularly in the financial sector, and I'll show you what I mean. Uh, and so you can always look at this. So market structure, by the way, is really 
taking the rules. The, the stock market is also heavily regulated. It's taking the rules and using those to understand supply and demand. And so green, demand, gray, supply. And you could look at it everywhere. So here's what we, I'll show you two things, and then we can look at some of these stocks. But this is what the financials were doing. And I just went right past it. I went past the fact that demand was barely clinging to five in the financials and supply was exploding. It was way beyond 50%. So more than 50% of the trading volume in the hundreds, we have 506. It's pr probably pretty close to the, to the GIX sector data uh, from S&P Global because we licensed that data. Uh, and th that group was over 50% short heading into this. So there were already a lot of bets that were short on financials. And I just kind of whizzed right by that. I didn't, I didn't give it good, uh, I, I didn't give it the due that it deserved. And then my short beta portfolio, which is looking for things with rapidly deteriorating supply and or rapidly, rapidly deteriorating demand and rising supply, look what was leading financials and again i just didn't really see that because i'm not i'm i don't short stocks i short the market i use sh routinely it's that doesn't move a whole lot but it doesn't have to you can get in and out of it in great size it's an etf it's a derivative etfs are derivatives but it's very easy to get in and out of the people no they're pooled funds no they're not they're not they're a substitute the assets will be owned by whoever sponsored the ETF, not by you. You will own an ETF, which is a substitute, but it's a very liquid vehicle. There were two signs right there that were telling us there were trouble. There, there were troubles in the uh, in the uh, financials group. And, and ironically, on Thursday morning, I actually tweeted before the market opened uh, is SIVB or are SIVB and Credit Suisse, which is down 65% over the last year, is trading at 260. Uh, are they canaries in the coal mine? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but clearly one of them's gone. Now we've lost two banks, Signature Bank's yeah. gone too. Yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, it uh, what was there, it can happen so fast. It is so blinding fast. speed, right? So uh, we could look at the fact that the tech sector was experiencing layoffs where the rest of the market wasn't. Almost every day, there was a tech company announcing layoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, so now what's next, right? I think that's what everyone wants to know. What's market structure edge telling us what's next or what could possibly come, especially with, I think, option expiration coming? Quad right. which, Tim? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, a period where you get extended volatility on top of it. We had to roll over last week in the contracts, but, uh, right. uh, you know, possible surge for stocks with this expiration lo uh, looming. It sure doesn't feel that way right it now. Sure does not feel that way. Uh, one thing I want to point out about Silicon Valley Bank, because, uh, you know, was there a sign that it was going to fail? Guess where it occurred? There was a sign. And it occurred at February options expirations. How could you tell? Look at the big spike in short volume, the supply side. It jumped all the way to 62% of the trading volume and demand fell off the cliff. This is where the people who knew the most bet short. And uh, they were right. 
I, you know, a lot of folks covered by, by the beginning of March, uh, their short volume was back down to 46%, but that's where the bets were. Now, as to what's coming, the first thing to look at is broad market sentiment. What is the broad market doing? And there is good news and bad news. The, the good news is, is demand had actually bottomed and is rising. Now it's rising weekly and supply had come down dramatically. The bad news is supply market-wide in the S&P 500, which rose on Friday, is over 50% of the trading volume. So over 50% of the volume in the entire S&P 500, which is call it 85% of market cap, is short, borrowed, manufactured. There's a lot of that is trading exemptions by market makers, but those are challenging conditions. You know, on Thursday, was it Thursday? It was Friday. On Friday, believe it or not, the momentum portfolio, which is math looking for sharply diverging supply and demand, jumped up to 17 components and the market fell apart. Now, the head of the open today, it's back down to eight. Does that signal a one or two day surge before we have more trouble? I think so. I don't know what's going to come, Mitch. I, you know, I certainly don't like the high level of short supply or a short volume supply in the market. I weak tops precede drops. If demand can't get back to five and it's 4.6, five is the bare minimum for markets to rise. Over the last decade, the market has averaged about five and a half. And that is means there's consistently been more demand than supply. Well, we're clinging to that. So it won't surprise me. It, will, it won't surprise me if we have one or two good days in here into options expirations because there'll be an opportunity. There's an opportunity to buy low and sell high very short term into expirations. We'll see. After that, we're going to have to assess. By the way, this options expirations period is split into two weeks. It usually goes Wednesday VIX expirations, Thursday index options expirations, Friday quad or triple witching, and indexes rebalance too. This is big quarterly S&P 500 index rebalance. Volatility really wrecks those things. And this time it's Thursday, Friday. Then we have new options trading a week from today. Banks will square the books on Tuesday and Wednesday, right when the Fed announces its policies, is it going to hike, continue to hike rates? VIX options, volatility as an asset class expires. I think this could be a really potentially tumultuous period. Yeah, well, that, that, uh, so what to, what to you to look at? What's going to be on your radar today, Tim? I mean, uh, obviously, I haven't been updating the S&Ps because it hasn't Just been pretty on. here. Yeah, yeah. We, we just took out the... The low for the year, folks. Our January third low was uh, thirty-eight forty-nine and a quarter, and uh, we eclipsed that by a good Tim Handel. So, Tim, so how, how do you how do you approach? Like, what do you got up on your screen? What are you going for? Yeah, well, you know, in combat, people smoke cigarettes, so I would look for. <laughs> so we're gonna go I to the would, store and get a pack of cigs. What do you I smoke? Find your smoke, Morris. You, you look at Phil, PM or BTI. Marble, you look like a Marbo you. man, Tim. <laughs> Jim, you look like a marble man. You know what they call those? Cowboy killers. Cowboy killers. Cowboy killers. Nice. There was a a brief period during my wayward youth when I smoked a few Marlboro Reds, but that was a long (laughs) time. That's the cowboy killer right there. Oh, boy. That's a long, long time ago. 
So uh, the, 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 so we low volatility, you know, you would go to low volatility and I put a, put a couple of those here in the benzene on March 13th category or uh, portfolio. Notice that demand's rising, supply is falling. Those are the conditions you want. And by the way, you could probably just go buy a, a Staples ETF and do, do all right. If you look at this low volatility portfolio, it is almost wholly comprised of consumer staples, all consumer staples. There's one tech in here, but it's not great. That's, that is actually MasterCard, which is shifting, by the way. A bunch of these, bunch of these things treated as tech, Visa, MasterCard, uh, I think SoFi. A bunch of that stuff right in the middle of this, they're coming out of tech and shifting to financials. Can you imagine? I mean, it's really unfortunate, but it's S&P has made some changes to the configuration of tech and financials, and what a terrible time for it. But clearly, consumer staples are the way, way to go. You want stuff basically that is topped or bottom at five and has less than uh, 50% short volume. That stuff is where the money will go for shelter. And I would look at BTI. There's one. We'll look at this, the market structure for it. Uh, believe it or not, the best one, although I don't love to have low volatility stocks that are up here at nine, is Kroger. You know, Kroger's in this deal to buy mm. Albertsons, which also owns Safeway. And it's actually very appealing. If you look at this market structure, rising demand, falling supply. See this? If anything moves today, it's probably Kroger. It's probably a pretty good stock to be in. I would again say BTI, British Tobacco. Uh, it's The structure is a little bit better in this than in Philip Morris. Look at that. Very solid. Don't, don't trade price. Price is capricious. Trade supply and demand. Those are not capricious. They are predictive. And so demand is very steady and supply fell, particularly the last two, three days. And that tells us this is now part of low volatility portfolios that people are going to use to ride out uh, the, the potential difficulty ahead. So that's a great way to see it to me. All right. Like always, you guys see all these different areas. You guys can get on your dashboard right now. Just go to Market Structure Ads. Check it out. Get your free trial today. Like always, this is available to you guys and you guys can get a one month free trial um, so definitely check that out. At least give it a whirl. See what you guys think. And of course, if you guys do go ahead and get that trial, reach out to Tim. If you guys need a little help on learning and there's different videos on there that you guys can learn how to master market structure edge. Also, come join the, the they always we fill every chair every week at the Thursday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time live demo. I host it myself. And we just answer a bunch of questions and talk about using the data. So grab a spot. Just hit the request demo button at marketstructureedge.com. Sign up for the one on the 16th, and I'll see you there. There you go. We'll see you guys on there. Market Structure Edge. We'll have you back on, Tim. Have a good one. Good. All right. Let's wrap up there. It's uh, 8.55. We only got five minutes here till 9 a.m. Boys, the wrap-up. What? The, the how only you thing that matters. The What's the focus? All that matters is the banks. All of this other news, like, I mean, Pfizer taking over. We didn't even mention it was Merger Monday. Yeah. Pfizer, which I still own shares of, obviously, uh, yeah, taking over yeah. CGen here this morning. Cash takeout price. What was the cash takeout price? And this was much higher here, Mitch. $200 is trading at. The cash takeout is much higher. $229 a share. 
So it's it's literally getting a on a cash deal, Joel. It's getting a twenty nine point discount here oh. because they're just like worried about everything. Holy twenty nine point discount here on this. That's a big discount. <laughs> I I don't know what like again we're in different times here right now, so people yeah. aren't employing capital for a twenty nine point upside. They're like, well, two hundred point downside. <laughs> but I mean that's not the case. Um, wow, it's just a very difficult in my environment to be bullish in here right now and i mean the bears took over and again the bulls can take over again here soon it's all information coming to us so how bad does it get today how bad does the kre get today i don't care if you don't even trade banks keep the kre on your screen it is what yeah. you got to be watching here it is going to be the driver of the bus here today the regional banks frc is a driver of the bus going to have halts and halts and halts because they don't halt the pre-market they only halt them during the regular session, which limit up, limit down is so silly because it's been trading smoothly kind of all morning here. And yep. then they're going to immediately halt it. There's going to be other ones that immediately halt. I mean, you can just go across the board and there's going to be a pile of these banks here today, which we've talked about on the show already. A lot of these regional banks are going to be all over the place today. Tough. It's scary times a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, boy, you know, we thought that, uh, you know, covering the COVID period was a uh, little bit difficult, right? But, uh, yeah. That was scary too. Yeah, (laughs) we had stocks moving those days too. But we're back to these. That was pretty scary. The VIX is thirty, folks. The VIX is the VIX is thirty. That tells you a lot, right? Sneaky. Very. Uh, Everything happened very, very, very fast. Yeah, we do. uh, I see people noting here that uh, there's going to be a speech by Biden at at nine o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock. But I I, you know how it is. He he comes 30 minutes late, so he'll wait for the market to open. Get ready for the market to open. Biden to be on. Right. Right. Right at the he's usually about like 15 to 30 minutes late. Like That's one thing I've already caught that on almost every speech. It's almost like it's planned. but just, just to mention that, we'll definitely be watching here what happens out the gates. You guys can keep up with all the action, of yeah. course. Keep up with Joel Alconin on pre-market prep. Um, and definitely catch the closing print. I will let you guys know I might have to step out for start swing trading today. So I want you guys definitely all over there. Catch the closing print today. I'm sure Joel will have a good guess. Yeah, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have Christian Farmhoods on today. Well, and what? Hit. Yep. He's always calm, cool, and collected. Um so I don't know. I mean, is it do, do we uh, do we squash ticker time today? I see we got a few minutes left. Uh, two um, minutes, a minute left. I we did, can do like thing, one or two I, names. Yeah, uh, let's just you know talk to Chuck. I, I don't know what uh, you know. It did get a nice bounce off its pre-market low. I think just kind of in general, uh, you know, look for where these stock. If you if you have a short or you're you're thinking of attempting a long. Uh, you know, look where it, things trade in relation to the pre-market. Um, also, I did, I was looking at some stocks and uh, there were a few stocks that I was looking at over the weekend that didn't make a lower low on Friday that exhibited some strength. So I think that would be another thing uh, for uh, for Schwab today here. I'm sure a lot of people would love to see that mark at 58.70, uh, the bottom of yesterday's range and a gap fills 57.31. And uh, someone really stepped up here under 50 bucks. So kind of get the feeling the pre-market lows in on this one. Um, Dennis or Mitch, you want to take a stab at that one? Or uh, Dennis, you want to talk any technicals at all? No, it doesn't matter at all. It's all just a matter of whether there's be more bank runs. I mean, again, Schwab, you would think, would be a more stable company than what is showing here. Yeah, down 26 
I mean, we haven't seen any balls like this in Goldman or Morgan or any of the big guns, but Schwab's obviously got some other exposure from somewhere I haven't researched enough. It's hard to research, you know, know. even the big guns. So obviously there's more exposure here too, somewhere, or wouldn't be falling 20 points in, you know, three days. But again, there's just high risk stock right now. So much it's high risk right now. All right. And I'll just, I'm going to, I'm going to close out. I'm going to try and close out on a, on a positive note here on, on definitely a, a negative morning, but uh, we'll, you know, this JP Morgan chart, I think that that's what I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, not to really, I mean, it's down a buck 15 today. It's not too far off. Uh, it's recent high, the move. So, uh, Bank America is a little bit different situation. I know they have a little bit more of a risky loan portfolio, but uh, I'm thinking opening a JP Morgan account today. I mean, and I'm sure a lot. I'm sure the phones are ringing off the hook. So it's that's down. one thing to think about is that it, as you get more and more concerned for the banks, the majors maybe pick up some of this business. It's like, exactly. I don't want to bank in a small little region anymore. Yeah. I want to go to the majors. There's something to think about there, Joel. Yeah, that's, I, I, I'm seriously. I'm I think seriously. when the dust settles, the majors are the ones that actually do and, win here. Yeah. So, they so, they I know I told you not to buy it at $29.99 because you would get it at $28.99. So yeah. I'm going to hold off on my uh, my my call here. But uh, just fr- keep Friday's low is way down on 127.82. So. Uh, keep an eye on those levels. Uh, see if it can go green at 133.65. I'll let the president speak. I'll let you guys finish up. Sure. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out. <laughs> I'm done too. Oh, I'm ready. Someday. I'm just gonna say caution. I gotta go trade, get out of my stocks, and then just like relax for a little bit here because I had a lot of overnight positions and they're all over the place. I feel like I'm hedged, but there's some wild trades here, man. Whoa, so. Biden's on time. That's a scary thing. Okay. I'm That's gonna a scary thing. Get up. Let's see That's what a scary thing. We'll see all right. Just, all right, team. I'm going to be imagine. focusing on some position. I'll let Dennis get out of here, team. I'll let you guys know a little bit about what I've been having on. I still got some Morgan Stanley. So full disclosure, still short Morgan Stanley from 95.34. Going to keep watching the last little bit of shares that I got. I've already taken profit from here on out. It's break even on the rest. Looking for it if we could continue going up about 6.75% on that name. Um, short Valero, I mentioned that earlier. So we'll look to see what happens there with Valero and these energy names. I'm starting to see them crack. I think energy could start coming back down if crude goes to, uh, especially WTI. That's what I'm focusing on. If that can crack in t- below the 70s. That's going to be a sign of concerns for some of these oil names. And I think you start to see some of this oil trade turn around and come to the downside. XOM, another one, right? Just cracked that 110 area going down to that 104. Looks like it's really falling off the wagon there. You can see it in Chevron, right? Chevron's daily. That's a bearish candle. That's a nice crack there. Oxy, the same thing. I don't know if Warren saves it this time. Warren might let it drop this time, I feel like, um, because it is coming back down to the 57s. I think it could come back down there closer towards 50, 45 before maybe Warren steps in here. Seeing the oil trade turn around, so I'm going to be looking to hammer that one a little bit. And I also got another swing on. I'm swing on wind to the short side. We'll see what happens on that one. And we'll see if I'm able to take some profits today. You guys come over to live trading action. Come check out some of the swing trades. Come check out some of the day trading action. We got a lot for you. 
right here on Benzinga, of course. You don't got to go anywhere. Hit that thumbs up. Come over to Live Trading now and check out what uh, Lord Ryan and I are going to get into. Like always, you guys can keep up with everything we do. And we will be starting a new book this Sunday. Yes, I said it, guys, for the new book. I want you guys to join in. We're going to be getting into Japanese candlestick charting techniques. So if you guys want to learn a little bit more about technicals. And, yeah, I know. I know technicals aren't everything. But I'll tell you one thing. They're definitely a tool to have in my tool belt. I use it. I like to combine variables. But if you want to learn a little bit more about candlesticks, different techniques on how to use that, come over to our book club that's going to be starting back up on Sunday. So I want you guys to get over there. I'm going to give you guys the link to join the book club. We get members every single week. And it's the only exclusive club here that you only get access if you're part of the club. All right. We'll see you guys over now to live trading. Smash the like if you guys enjoyed today's show. And enjoy all the hard work that Dennis, Dick, and Joel Alconan do for us here on Pre-Market Prep. And... I feel that we've truly been on top of this banking situation. So if you guys could just do a favor for just that, hit the like. Let's see if we at least get a thousand likes today. I know we're nowhere near that right now, but you guys, you guys have been watching the show. How on top has pre-market prep been all over this banking situation? I hope you guys smash that like and enjoy it. Now to get you over to some trading action.